are going to be used of God guaranteed some people will not love you some people won't even like you some people will flat out hate you it's going to happen it's par for the course do not ask God for a hater free life consider these words of Jesus the servant is not greater than his master if they persecuted me they will persecute you Hello and thanks for stopping by for today's Destined for Victory with Pastor Paul Shepard. If God has called you to do something significant, you may have people who discourage you or doubt you. Some will even hate you. It was true for Jesus, who was rejected by his own people. And it was true for Joseph, whose story continues today. So stay with us now or stop by our new website, PastorPaul.net, to listen to any recent message on demand. That's PastorPaul.net. Now with his message, Lessons Dreamers Must Learn, Here is Pastor Paul. I told some folk the Lord was sending me to California and they knew where I was leaving. I'm the associate pastor, the heir apparent in a church, already had a thousand members, had a building, had everything. And I'm sitting there, everything's looking good. And I'm telling them, the Lord telling me to lead that and go to California. And most of the folk in the East Coast were thinking California is not going to be around too long. Because out there, you know, they had a mindset that place is about to fall in the ocean any minute. I got people who will not visit us out here. We've been asking them. We've been here God knows how long now. We stopped asking them. They're not coming. They wait for us to come to the East Coast. They said, I'm not going out there. That place going in the ocean. All those earthquakes, bridges falling down and stuff. They're scared. And when I told some folk the Lord was sending me to California, they thought, oh, that's a dangerous place. And others thought, okay, so you're leaving that church, thousand members. How many are you going to? 34. They like, oh, that can't be God. What in the world are you doing? What kind of career plan is that? It was God. Some people can't relate to what God is saying to you. They love you and all, but they can't relate. Sometimes you got to wait, let God work it out. That's what Mary did when the angel visited her and told her that in your body has been conceived the son of God. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. And you are going to give birth to the most high. When she got that word, the Bible says she quickly got up and went to Elizabeth, her relative, who was six months more pregnant with a miracle than she was. Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, wasn't the same kind of pregnancy because Zachariah had something to do with that one. But it was still God who gave them John the Baptist. And it was a miracle because Zachariah was old. And so she went to somebody who knew when you hear about a miracle, they could relate. Guess who she didn't tell? Joseph. Not the Old Testament Joseph. Now we're talking Joseph in the Gospels. Who she was engaged to be married to. She did not tell Joseph why. Because if God is at work in me, 
God is going to have to explain that. (laughs) Are y'all feeling me? God is going to have to explain that to my boo. (laughs) I am not going to try. Now imagine that. Mary says, uh, sweetie, sit down. Guess what happened to me? You'll never believe it. You you don't try to do that. She went and talked with someone and spent three months with someone who knew what a miracle was like. And I'm sure during that time, her and Elizabeth, when they were having their little daily prayers and devotion, they said, Lord, please speak to Joe. Because I don't know what's going to happen when I get back to town. And what did happen is God had to intervene. Because when she came back to town, was now beginning to show And Joseph and everybody else knows she's pregnant and they know that they haven't been officially married yet. Joseph assumes what everybody would assume. Mary stepped out. His heart had to be broken. I know her to be a virtuous young woman. I could never believe this would happen. And he loved her even in his disappointment. Because the Bible says he was planning to put her away privately. He didn't want public shame to come upon her. That's love. The sister sitting there, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) I see y'all. Some of y'all throwing the elbow right now. See that? You hear what he... He's thinking about putting her away privately and the Lord has to speak to him and tell him, do not hesitate to marry her because what's going on in her body is a holy thing. So you can't tell everybody everything because some folks hate you all the more and others just don't have a frame of reference. But I want to let you know, even despite the fact that he did that ill-advisedly, God was going to use this process in their lives. Haters are just part of God's plan for your life. Now, some of y'all need to get that straight because you are still too sensitive. You still are hoping that the whole world will love you. God sent you here to hear this message. If you are going to be used of God, guaranteed some people will not love you. Some people won't even like you. Some people will flat out hate you. It's going to happen. It's par for the course. Do not ask God for a hater-free life that's praying amiss, that's not praying according to the will of God. You don't know it, but you need haters. Haters help you get where God's taking you. Number one, they make sure you have a prayer life. Oh, come on, somebody. They make sure you need to thank God for your haters because some of you all wouldn't pray except that people are so on your nerves. They keep you praying. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. 
Your haters are part of the plan. Look at the Bible. Genesis to Revelation. You see somebody called to do something significant for God and you will see opposition come against them. Show me Nehemiah and I'll show you Sam Ballot. All he's doing is building the wall, rebuilding the torn down, burned wall of Jerusalem so those who have returned from the captivity can have a safe place to live. He's not bothering anybody. Tobiah and Samballot came from out of town to mess with Nehemiah and the Jews. Read your Bible. In Nehemiah chapter 4, they begin by just ridiculing. They hear about the project and they hear about what's going on and they just ridicule. They say, what do people think they're doing? They're crazy if they think they can rebuild. Do you know how bad that city is? Nothing but a pile of rubble. How in the world? And then Tobiah chimed in. Even if a fox climbed up on what they're building, he would tear it down. You ever had people like that in your life? If you have not had them come yet, I got a word from God for you. They are on Travelocity now. Booking their ticket to come to your life and to mess with you. They're coming. These folks came from out of town to ridicule and to make fun. But when you read Nehemiah 4, all Nehemiah did was prayed. Your enemies will make you pray. He said, Lord, bless us to finish this work. And Lord, turn everything they're saying against us, turn it right back on them. He just prayed, he put that thing in the Lord's hands, and he kept on working. And then you're told later on in Nehemiah chapter 4 that he also had to set up a watch against them. Because in verse 7 it says, when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to the wall had gone ahead. See, some folk think they can talk you out of what you're doing. But when they heard that the work had gone ahead, they were very angry. Verse 8 of Nehemiah 4 says, they all plotted together to come against Jerusalem to fight and to stir up trouble against it. Nehemiah said, but we prayed to our God. Watch this. And posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. See, when you have enemies, you've got to learn to be prayerful and careful. Some of us have to learn to be prayerful. You have to learn to give that to God. See, it is God who is at work in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure, so you don't fight in the flesh. Because the thing that God is doing in your life is born of heaven, you have to learn to employ your help from heaven. And you pray. You have to learn to be prayerful, as they were. But you have to also learn to be careful. When they heard about the threats and the plots, and enemies getting together. Do you know there are times in your life when people who don't even like each other will come together to fight against you? Oh, I've had it happen. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not preaching out of a book. I'm preaching out of my experience. People who don't even like each other will have a truce. And they'll say, let's hate him together. And that's what happened. All those folk got together and plotted to come against them. So when they heard about the threat, he not only prayed, but it says then he set up a watch. See, some of us are pretty good at being prayerful, but we're not too good at being careful. You got to learn when your enemies tell you they hate you, believe them. 
and set up a watch. You're listening to Destined for Victory with Pastor Paul Shepard. He's senior pastor at Destiny Christian Fellowship in Fremont, California. The second half of today's message comes your way next, so stay tuned. Listen to Destined for Victory wherever you go by downloading our new and improved free mobile app. There you can listen on demand to all of Pastor Paul's recent messages. You can order resources from our online store or even contact us for prayer. Search Destined for Victory in the App Store and download our free mobile app today. You can also subscribe to the Destined for Victory podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you go to get your podcasts. If you're a follower of Christ, you'll have enemies. You don't need to fear them, but don't underestimate them either. Here's Pastor Paul with the rest of today's message, Lessons Dreamers Must Learn. In other words, Christianity is not foolish. The Bible doesn't call us to be stupid. You don't put yourself in harm's way. When people have demonstrated they want to harm you, you pull away into a place of safety. You don't intentionally put yourself in harm's way. A lot of folks misunderstand that. They just think we're just supposed to be passive and just whatever happens. No, no, you don't put yourself in harm's way. These people, when they heard about the threat, they set up a watch, set up a guard. They were working with one hand and packing with the other. I'm sorry, they had weapons. Well, I just don't believe in violence. Your enemies do. Nobody ought to practice violence for violence sake. But you've got to sometimes be in a position to say, you can't take advantage of me and get away with it. You can't just do anything with me and get away with it. My body is no punching bag. Come on, somebody. I'm a child of the most high God. If you don't know how to treat me, leave me alone, but do not put your hands on me. I'm a child of God. As a pastor over the years, I've had to come to the defense of defenseless people. I've sometimes had to put myself in harm's way to protect some innocent person. I've had to do it over the years. Thank God I don't do it anymore. I got a whole lot of other staff folk can do that. I send them forth in Jesus' name. You all go in Jesus' name. May the Lord be with you. Bless you, my child. Go. But back in my dues paying days, I'd have to do it myself. Say, no, no, we don't, we don't let people get away with harming God's children. And the fact of the matter is, you've got to learn to take seriously the hatred of your enemies. Do not fear them, but know that God has not called you to put yourself in harm's way. They're not to be feared. Why? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. There's no place for fear in the life of a child of God. But we have to walk in wisdom. And your enemies will go from ridicule to harm if you are not prayerful and careful. Joseph's brothers hated him deeply because of his dreams. But you need to understand that God orchestrated even their hatred. When you read the rest of Genesis 37, here's what you see. Let me just paraphrase it in the interest of time. What you see is that one day his brothers are far away with the flocks and his father says son now notice they're with the flocks and this little spoiled boy with the Versace robe (laughs) is still around the house and his father says go over to Shechem and check on your brothers 
miles and miles away. And he takes the journey, gets over there, can't find them. Ask somebody, have you seen them? And they say, oh, they went over to Dothan, another 10, 15 miles. And when he finally gets over to where they are, when they see him coming, they say, here come that dreamer. You know what? We ought to kill him. Then we'll see what comes of his dream. Here's what you need to know. When you're walking prayerfully and walking carefully, there are some things you can't do. God himself does for you. There are ways God fights for you. You couldn't possibly fight for yourself. Look at how it works out with them. As they're plotting in their minds to kill him, the Lord intervenes and he puts the thought in the mind of Reuben, one of the brothers. Reuben says, no, no, no. Let's not kill him. Let's just drop him in this cistern here, this dry well here. Let's just leave him in there. And the text tells you that Reuben's plan was later on he was going to come back and rescue his brother. Why would a hater come up with a rescue plan? Because there are times when God himself intervenes and he turns the heart and the mind of people who have one thing in mind for you, but God says your plans will not prevail. Many are the plans that are in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So, Reuben says, let's drop him in the cistern and leave him. And then, we're not told in the text, but obviously from what happens next, Reuben is temporarily separated from his brothers. They leave him in there so that when Reuben returns, he doesn't find them. But what happened was while Reuben was gone, they saw a band of merchants coming down the road, headed toward Egypt. Then God puts in the mind of another brother, hater brother. This one is Judah. And he puts in Judah's mind and Judah says, you know what? Let's not kill him by leaving him here to starve to death in the desert in this well he can't climb out of. Let's make a little money off this. Let's sell him to those merchants. They'll take him to Egypt, he'll be out of our hair. We have a little spending money. That was God. You know why? Because the dream was destined to come to pass, where? In Egypt. Joseph's gotta get to Egypt. So that God can bring the dream to pass, somebody's got to get into Egypt. They didn't know it, but his haters booked his ticket to the place of destiny. The haters sent him to where God was going to make him prominent. If they had known it, they'd have never sent him. God will work even through your enemies. I said, God will work even through your enemies. God will work all things, even the hatred of people together for good. Tell you the truth, some of y'all really owe your enemies some thanks. Because by the time they get through with you, all they will do is position you in the place where God can use you. Some of you, by the time you get where God has taken you, you really ought to be, you know how they do at these awards. Uh, first of all, I want to thank God. Hey, I want to thank my mama. 
Some of you all need to thank God, thank your mother, and then say, oh, by the way, let me thank all of my enemies because if it hadn't been for you all, I wouldn't be praying like I prayed. I wouldn't be as careful as I came to be. I wouldn't be in the place where God's will was coming to pass in my life. Some of y'all need to drop an email to your enemies. I was just thinking about you. You don't have to tell them what you were thinking about. I was just thinking about you and I was thanking God for you. Send. They get that email and say, what in the world? That child has lost her mind. She's gone all the way crazy. They'll show other haters. Look at this. Do you believe she sent that to me? You owe them thanks. Send them an email. You who Twitter, tweet them. (laughs) I don't Twitter myself, but I hear there's a whole lot of Twitterers in the kingdom. Y'all tweet them and tell them thank you. Because his brothers got paid, but he got the real payoff. He went to the place of destiny. Centuries later, Judas got paid, but he sent Jesus to the place of destiny. Jesus had to be on that cross. If you were going to get saved, if I was going to get saved, it wasn't going to be by the life of Jesus. It was going to have to be by the death of Jesus. Somebody had to hate him enough to send him to the cross. And the Bible says Satan entered Judas's heart. But it was God setting up your salvation and mine. Judas got paid to send Jesus to the place of destiny. Later on, he realized what a horrible thing he had done. He tried to give the money back. But the work had already been done. My salvation and yours was already underway because Jesus was being tortured all night and about to head to the cross, to the hill of the skull, the place called Calvary, where he could be broken and his blood could be shed so that it will cleanse me and it will cleanse you of all of our sins. Thank God for haters. They send you to the place of destiny. All of God's children are headed to a place of destiny. That includes you. And along the way, you'll need perseverance, partnership, and prayer. Here at Destined for Victory, we believe in the power of prayer. So if you need prayer today, visit our website, pastorpaul.net, and send us your request using the contact feature at the top of the homepage. That's pastorpaul.net. And when you contact us for prayer, be sure to scroll down to the bottom of the homepage where you can easily sign up for Pastor Paul's monthly letter of encouragement, yours at no cost or obligation. Also keep in mind that when you send a generous gift to Destin for Victory this month, we have a thank you gift to share with you, the University Press Study Guide, Joseph, How God Builds Character. If you're like most people, your favorite part of a fairy tale is the happily ever after. But even in fairy tales, just like in real life, happiness often comes to us on the back end of adversity. In this outstanding resource, you'll take an in-depth look into the story of Joseph as a means of helping you see that God's plans for you will always be fulfilled. Again, it's called Joseph, How God Builds Character, and it's yours by request for your generous gift to Destined for Victory. Call 855-339-5500 or visit pastorpaul.net to make a safe and secure donation online. 
You can also mail your gift to Destin for Victory, Post Office Box 1767, Fremont, California, 94538. Well, it's human nature to focus on results, but God wants us to focus on what it takes to achieve those results. Here's Pastor Paul. See, we get excited when God gives you a glimpse into your future or you get a sense of what God is up to in your life. You're looking at the destination. But what you have to understand is God's work in your life is as much about the journey as it is about the destination. That's next time when Pastor Paul shares his message, Lessons Dreamers Must Learn. But until then, remember, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. In Christ, you are destined for victory.